We are the children. We are the ones who make a better day. So let's start giving. Let's start giving. Let's start doing for me. Yes, I love how um all of the eighties was like if you if you were singing the eighties was mumble sing like now it's like mumble rap now where people just kind of like blur the words together. The eighties was hardcore mumble singing. Like Michael McDonald, no, mumble singing. (laughs) Yo, and mad of what rock and roll gets away with is mumble singing. So they want to be out. They want to be out here popping, fly about like, oh y'all don't play instruments, y'all don't play. Uh, my man, you don't sing, bro. <laughs> you don't play. You don't play your vocal instrument right the fuck at all. Yo, my nigga, Mick Jagger sounds like a a rat getting its tail run over by a New York train. That's what that nigga sounds like. <laughs> and- he does not be singing. And should we even bring Bob Dylan into this? Because he's a great lyricist. Bro, bro. He's a great songwriter. For sure. Somebody else should be singing them songs. <laughs> you, know, you know what would be dope? If what? somebody who could sing sang them songs. <laughs> um, this is the Neil Riggers podcast. Yeah. This is, this is for all the Neil Riggers out there. This is a Neil Rigger. Uh, exactly. My, my name is my name is Neil Rigger. My name is Neil Rigger, and I'm Neil Rigger. And this is Neil Rigger. And this is Neil Rigger for anybody who didn't get the tired twelve year old joke already. And the and the, and this episode we've got our co host Neil Rigger with us. We got a we got a Neil Rigger on the ones and twos. Uh, later we might have a, a abrupt interruption by a very. Small three-year-old Neil Rigger. <laughs> That's one of our favorite Neil Riggers. Uh, I just want to introduce you to the director of the band, Neil Rigger. Um, yeah, so I'm I'm Drew Brees. I'm I'm Boamix. I'm Onwar. And uh, thank you for everybody who's been checking out and listening. I've been getting great feedback. Um, oh, people people seem to to like. Uh, when we do when we do jokes, so unlike the last episode, we might do some jokes. Yeah, let's keep keep it very. Uh, you you threw a, you threw me a curveball starting off this morning with that uh, with we all the world. Um, I and I like half ass the singing because I'm like, oh shit, I don't want to wake the babies up. But uh, but at the same time, that was a very a very fun way to start shit off. Yeah, and uh, it's very um, it's Neil Riggers. Um, so. It's Neil deGrasse Tyson. Oh, he's canceled. No. Um, anyway. Uh, <laughs> oh, man. So I was going to tell you that because um, like the text I sent before we started, um, I did I did smoke a little weed. And the reason why I've smoked weed now after taking a pretty, pretty long break from it is because I have a bad therapist. Mm. Um, your therapist was like, "Yo, bro." <laughs> my therapist was like, "Yo, honestly, that shit is affordable." Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, realistically, it's that. Um, so, like, one therapist I had earlier in the year was really good, but he was also quite pricey. So, when I lost like premium health coverage from like a big corporate job. I can no longer afford his like his session fee. Um, and it was already mm-hmm. kind of pricey because he's out of network from my last coverage. Um, so I was paying out of like a, a health savings account. This is, this is the grown man portion of the show. So I was paying out of like a health. Yeah, this is super. This shit is funny. As <laughs> yeah. Hell. Yeah. Like, this is be dying yeah honestly, time. it's like all my uh, mental stressors. Let's laugh at them. Um, so yeah, one time when I was a kid, I fell down and I bought my head. <laughs> Somebody saw me and they say, "Yo, you want your head?" I say, "Yeah." So then they ask me, "That means oh, so that means you going you going to switch it on?" Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so flip, flip mode. mode. Flip mode is the flip way. mode is the squad. Um, flip mode is my mental health. Anyway, so I uh, 
I, I switched to someone else because there was like a, a, a much lower copay under the new coverage. Right. Um, and I was like, Oh, is the copay lower because she's not good? <laughs> like I started going and I was like, okay, well, you know, I don't want to like bias myself against a new person because the last person had a lot of years of experience. And, you know, it's, it's like when you apply for jobs, like experience doing the job counts, right? Like they, they say the experience level you should have to do a job. But I feel like um, there should be something similar for like when I get a new therapist that I should be like able to interview them. Cause like the interview is kind of backwards. Like I'm there revealing my shit and they get to be like, mm, and take notes. And I'm like, what kind of bullshit right. ass interview is this? <laughs> like, like, nah, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Before I start telling you anything, what's, what's your resume about? Can I see your resume? Do you have a resume? Right and here? I don't want to age discriminate, but you look kind of young. And I just need to know how you have your shit together more than I do like that, like on a very basic level, like someone older, I'm like, you know what? You might have like a little more of your shit together than I do. But, uh, with a young person, I'm kind of like, mm, did you go out and get trashed last week? Cause I feel like you did. And like, you get to tell me like what's unstable about me going out to get trashed. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I, I, I have a, uh, I need, I need, basically, I would say I, I need to see how your emotional base is. <laughs> exactly. Are you, do you, are, did you default? Um, yeah, you know I mean, you won't give me financial advice around this. <laughs> and, and yeah, okay. like, um, you know, I'm, I'm giving it a chance, but I'm also. What? Oh, damn it. I didn't, this was a chance this is for me to finally use the, uh, the saying, now I'm not going to hold you. <laughs> <laughs> like oh what? Oh, let me see your resume. I'm not, not going. Let's just do your thing. Do your thing. Do your thing it's sorry, right. it's not a fit. It's not a fit. Say less. Say, say <laughs> less, my man. Um, and yeah, I was just like, you know, a little weed and some coffee. I probably feel a lot better than being in here doubting whether or not you're qualified. Um, but yeah, that's uh, that's that's like Neil Rigger news. Um, what's uh, what's the latest with you, my friend? Uh, I'm going to a new show at the beginning of the year, making making some more money, you know. Lit. So that's nice. Be able to, my son be able to take soccer classes. He likes that kind of shit. So you know, real also extremely fun shit. Just to you know, let's stop popping shit happening. Yeah. This lady over here, this lady taking my son to soccer class on Lit. Sunday mornings. First of all, um. What's the coordination level like, uh, you know, for like four year olds playing soccer? Like, what does that even look like? Well, it depends on who you're talking about. For all these other little suckers out here, it's, you know, it's varying ranges and mediocre. Um, My bad. I had to uh, decline a call. Somebody was calling me, not realizing that I'm recording a fucking podcast. Um, so fuck them. Uh, for some like certain kids will have a very uh, like determined run, but they can't put it together with the ball. Um, so they got good run mechanics, but coordinating that with looking down and then looking back up and going in a direction is not hot for them. Certain kids just can't get like they like. There's this one kid who's out there. He's got his teddy bear in one arm, oh, right. and uh, he can, he he kind of can't be bothered. <laughs> to play soccer necessarily, but he'll interact okay. with the ball in ways. But he ends up like, but he'll ends up like, you know, seventy yards in another direction. And his mom is always kind of right, like trying right. to bring him back. And so it's like, who, why are you? Yeah, he's that, not here for this. Kid, yeah, uh, exactly. This is that your mom's playing soccer because that that kid is like, no, I'm about these teddy bears, like the toys. If there's toys here. I'm I'm with it, like just just off 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 rip. I'm with the shits because there's toys. But you're telling me this toy has right. to go somewhere, and then I have to give it to other people. I don't get it. It's like no, nah, I'm not necessarily. I'm not. No, nah, there's no giving that. That that's a bribe. That right there, my friend, is a bribe. 
So that's how they get him to come to class. Because if he didn't have that toy, there's no fucking way he, this kid is here. He's barely interacting with this ball when right, right. he does have the toy. So no toy. This is probably Melton's territory. Anyway, my son, however, has <laughs> to be a soccer prodigy. So he's just fucking amazing. And yes, I'm being, you know, ridic- I'm being su- uh, superlative because he's my kid. But he th- he also is really good at soccer. He's my dad and, is I good mean, at soccer, so he's And you're, you're uh, right. no so slouch as an athlete yourself. I, I know because uh, I would uh, drum up a lot of my insecurities by trying to play you in sports. Um, but we, uh, no, but we also <laughs> have, have like, and you got really good, and Drew got, yo, that's so crazy to me. Drew created oh, yeah. a basketball game yeah. Yeah. entirely as an adult, yeah. like in his 20s and beyond. When we were young, Drew, owned, the only thing Drew, like you played basketball with us, but you didn't really have a game. Right. You were hope you wouldn't dribble. Right. So you would either shoot where you had it, you would either, like you would either, that was either a long jumper, or so if you were close to the basket, you would go for a layup. But you didn't, you would never come up with like, Okay, right, this is how right, I get right. the ball from here to here. Um, and it was always me and Chappelle versus yeah. you and Aki. So Aki could do yeah, a lot of that. And yeah. you would just run around Chappelle. You would just yeah, run around absolutely. this nigga. And, and, and that's also um, a lot of, like, my life philosophy, which is, like, I'm I'm taking a lot of shots. Like, I think I'm there. I mean, yeah, it's like, up, though. You, you know, even my up. failed relationship yeah. life. It's like no, I'm taking a lot. I'm still putting them up. <laughs> it's like I'm still gonna put these up. I know it's not advisable, and this might not even be the wisest shot to take. But who's gonna stop me from taking this shot? You know what I mean? Like it's like okay, that's. But the great, the great part of that though is like it helped me to understand just as in life, you know what what my skills are, and you know my one of my skills is like coordination slash dexterity. You know, like I have good aim. And, and I could try to capitalize on that. And uh, I always wonder what that's like to see in your kid, like to see like what are the traits he's going to have that'll make him like capable. Right. It's, uh, going back to the fact that as an adult, you created the basketball game. When you first was like, yo, let's go play basketball and we would right. go out there. You never beat me. Because one I'm I'm better at one on one basketball than and I I'm am the other way around. Team I'm basketball, good. basically, um, and now when I say better, right. I'm better at it. I don't like it as much, but the more space I have to operate, the better the better I am. It's like it's kind of like um what crazy enough. This is why this is why I like. Uh, LeBron so much in part because I see his game similar to the way I played it intuitively. Like, remember, I'm older than him. So he's the first person. Like, I grew up watching Jordan, but then won and watching Magic. And it wasn't that I was purposefully, like, adding Magic to my game. But the way the, uh, you know, crossover and all those things started to affect the game, it just made it so that I liked how Jordan played it. But I also thought you could do something else with it now that because and and when you dribble that way, you're passing game. Like, I love playing the game as a team game because I like passing more. I don't think I'm better at the game. Like the spacing doesn't work as good for me when when it's a team game, which is like, of course, it's for everybody. But I think for certain but I think for certain people like uh like your game, but even a, a guy like Jamal Crawford, like the fact that there's other people on the floor doesn't affect his game at all. And in fact, it makes him trickier. Like he can hide behind people. He pops around in these ways. So it's like, but I like that freight train aspect. I love LeBron because he has that freight train aspect. It's just, I'm playing football too. If you don't beat me to the spot, I'm just going to go there with all the force. Like I'm just going to put all of that shit there. Jordan didn't usually do that. That's little, it's just a bit, I don't know. It's a little different, whatever. This is a, a tyrant. Um, most importantly, getting back to your game, is that 
you went from not beating me ever to figuring out like one, first it was your step back, like really cleaning up your step back where it's like, well, I can't stop him from doing that. And he's hitting it a lot now to then it's like you knew how to take it to the, you, you got a left hand so you could take it to the rack left-handed and right-handed. And then you really started to be able to shoot the three, like, like legitimately. If I'm open and I'm set feet, I'm going to hit this. <laughs> no, and they started catching games like from, from zero to catching games, what? especially off the two ball. When you play in 20, 21 and you were knocking down the two ball, uh, that's not my game. It's but you know how how I learned all those things and even like just how I learned you know what to do in my career and in 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 art it comes from failing like and not to like make this shit all philosophical philosophical but um <laughs> you have to fail at things like you like I think that's one of the things that I've that's been coming up for me in the week in talking to people because a lot of people. Like I said, it's been really great doing the podcast. People have been reaching out and like, you know, giving opportunities and just talking about how they enjoyed it. But um, a lot of the energy sometimes I get from people is like, oh, how do you do it? Or how do you do this? Or how do you break into this or that creatively? And I say, I say to people, fail, like (laughs) fail at that shit, like fail at it and keep failing at it uh, and be a failure and make jokes about how you failed and like, just really get used to getting rejected and failing, and then that, that then you're doing it. That, like, like that, then you're mm-hmm. actually doing the thing that you are you're asking about breaking yeah. into. Because it's like, well, no, the, I don't. I haven't broken into. I don't. I don't write for Mike and Molly. I don't write for two broke girls or some. Sh- I'm not into the shit <laughs> that I want to be in. Right, right, niggas. Niggas, it's always like that, though, right? As soon as somebody appreciates... Well, first of all, that's really... that I'm extremely flattered by that idea. That people have heard this and gone, like, yo, how did you... It's like, we just did it. Like, were they... Like, what? Like, how did we sit down and record a podcast? Drew did a minimal amount of research and we were paying uh, for a minimal amount of resources and we're we're doing it. But then again, that's easy to say when we've already spent a decade doing versions of this together. So it does sound like it's something uh, more, more. It sounds like a thing. Like all like the things that are things, like, a, like the Beige Filler podcast, where you go, yeah, yeah, I see how this is a thing. It just it, it blends right. together. And, and you know what? Uh, the other thing Chemistry, that whatever, helps it, us you know, is that. Um, um, you know, the, the, that partnership experience and also like that competitive experience from sports, you know, it helps us to always want to up our game. Like, and that's for me, that's all why I always joke about, you know, not making it X amount of distance or how far whatever expectation is, is because it just helps us to up our game at any given point. Um and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm just thankful. I'm really appreciative. I also want to shout out to anybody listening that uh, if you're listening on Anchor, you can sponsor us like you can you should send us a donation. Um, and I'll also be uh, listing information in the next episode about how you can donate through other platforms or donate to us through other platforms. It helps us to find the resources to do this and the time. And, you know, eventually with enough donations, we might even be able to do more content. So um yeah it's it's a little bit of that yo you know what donate donate if you want to hear a podcast where i'm (laughs) definitely not going to get interrupted by one of my children um because i'm just in a space like i actually am in a space where they're not because i'm doing you know um also donate if you don't want that to happen because you enjoy the fact that I get interrupted with my kids. Right. Donate but if you, you also are recognizing that that means that I have kids. Right. So donate in both of those, both or or sponsor us. <laughs> don't even donate. Yeah. Donations. Donations are 
Stupid. Put a little um, something on the yeah, books for the homies. Put up some, just put a little, put, you know, put a on the books for the homies. I wanted to, I wanted to dub into a, a great news story because um, I feel like we've all um, experienced this in some way. So the headline is bank employee calls police on black men trying to cash a check from his new job. I mean, oh, a bank employee. <laughs> okay, okay, hold on. Um, this real simple way. Uh, I mean, he he had he has a, he have a like first a bank of all. Card? It's it, this. Where do you think this um, happened? It, I, I just want to. Okay, not Florida, but no, not Atlanta. Florida. Um, Atlanta. Okay. The, uh, it has this town has right, a, give me, give me a, more a big popular town's name in a shit state. A big popular town. Okay, this happened. This happened in Brooklyn, Ohio. Las Vegas. This happened in... Oh, I didn't know. That. I was never going to guess that. <laughs> um, so in Brooklyn, Ohio, was, this guy um, had a check from an electric company. He said uh, Paul McCowns, was 30, uh, told the news that bank tellers at Huntington Bank in Brooklyn, Ohio, refused to honor the $1,082 check he just received from his new gig with an electric company, even after he provided two forms of ID and a fingerprint. So he, he gave more identification than a, that, like you're a store dog. Like a bank is a store. <laughs> like a bank is a store yeah, and the fucking yeah, just cashier. Gave, like his identity. The cashier at the store is basically yeah, telling yeah, him, yeah, I can't give you products because I don't trust you. And I understand that bank tellers have uh, a more trust-based job and a more sort of like suspicion-based job than most people. And they have to be very trustworthy. Um, but the dude had a check. I'm like, I don't know. The whole, no, I, don't understand. I mean, but you can cast a check at anything. Any, it's like... So this, right. is, this isn't his bank, then. I know, I know. I'm just saying, but I, I just want to like, what? It, what even is the grounds to be suspicious? Because this just sounds like horseshit to me. Because it is, we both know it is just horseshit. But okay, so it's not his bank, but he goes yeah, to the I bank mean, and he performs. He provides two forms of ID, bro. I just. And I'm just trying they to call the police. So, so as soon as did you say that they deny him or that they call the police? <laughs> okay. <laughs> See, this is why I'm clarifying these things. It's like, all right, fine. He gives you two forms of ID. The, the, the teller said he's trying to cash a check, and the and check is fraudulent. It does not match our records, a teller told a 911 operator. Before he could get out of the parking lot, the police arrived. I get in my truck and the squad car pull in front of me and he says, get out the car. McCown says he was handcuffed and placed in the back of a police car while cops reached out to his new employer and confirmed the check was legitimate. So the cops did the bank teller's job better than the bank teller did. (laughs) Oh, it's like, it's like, Oh, we confirm. No, no, no. This is it's just inappropriate. Sorry, though. it's an honest mistake. After we have already handcuffed the black man, like no, in with no other person or people, would it happen that way? Would you only do the job of finding out the like the human explanation after you that you subjugated them to being imprisoned? Like you, you've already bound the person, 
and then you find out. Oh my bad! I, I'm sorry. Human, I enslaved the you. human aspect of um, their story. It's so that's, ridiculous. That's, yeah, um, that's honestly. <laughs> it was just for a second, though. It was just for a second. Oh my god! Are we gonna get all dramatic about this? Are you gonna bring up slavery again? Oh my god! Oh my god! You guys always make it about you. You always make it about race. You always make it about race. You always make it about the fact that you're experiencing slavery again. The Thirteenth the, the Amendment literally makes this the first um, step. So that was that was a lot of fun for some to on read some temporary know, or permanent basis. And know that an honest day's work can get you put in jail. Yeah, yeah. That's no, fun. no. You're good in oh, Brooklyn, Ohio. My fault. Sorry for stepping on you. But Brooklyn, Ohio, is the place where. It's like Brooklyn, <laughs> Ohio is what is what Brownsville um, was and is and will always be. Like it's just Brownsville. <laughs> um, no fancy yeah, I, uh, Brooklyn. Just I really appreciated knowing status. about a hard day's work. Uh, meaning you get you get kind of like power played by because it's like as a bank bank teller that's like weird flex, but okay because. It's like the the main thing you could do as a bank teller is, for instance, like use the photos from inside the bank and report it to the police. Right. So you're not no, when someone's committing like check fraud, which is something that you you can catch someone doing with a photo after they leave. Like but you're trying to catch this man in the act like he's a bank robber. You know what I mean? Like he's endangering other people and needs to be stopped right now. Um and yeah, I just th- see that as a a reckless use of the state, like and an a reckless sort of uh, engagement of the police, and a way that yeah, people threaten others with police, and I just think that has to be fixed somehow. Like I don't know how we fix that, but what what are you doing as the bank teller, trying to actually physically disable or limit or 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 capture someone? for committing check fraud. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, it's a very strange way to address that kind of crime, which is nonviolent. <laughs> we would have to, we would have to uh, care about each other. Like it's the only, no, literally that's the only, it's not some complicated shit. We act like it's a, it's very simple. If human beings decided to treat each other compassionately, and it doesn't necessarily, that doesn't mean that we all have to start agreeing on any of that shit, just on a basis, on a basic level. Like, what she chose to do there was to not care about him as a human being. Like, that's where it starts. That's the, that's the, like, fundamental thing all of the complicated psychological aspects of the socioeconomic and the institutional like yeah 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 cool no sure all of that's based on in a, a fundamental emotional insecurity uh that allows her to not want to think about him as a person if she's just if he's just a dude if he's just a dude he's just a person even if she thinks this is fraudulent, she can still keep her wits to act like, oh, okay, well, I'm going to deny this, and I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to make a mental note of what he looked like, and I'm going to describe him to, I'm, or, you know, I'm going I'm to get my manager, like, all kinds of, like, reasonable things that you can do in this situation, not, like, escalate so much all that escalating right because she's escalating and even denying uh giving him service because which is valid right so just the step of her going i don't know this is suspicious that's an escalation so from there to calling the police is another extreme escalation and all those things are based on fear they're based on some presumed da- like he's a danger. First, he's a danger just as a as a customer. Right. I think I think the main escalation is when your dumbass making a mistake to you calling the cops. You, the um, same person who just made that dumbass mistake. That's that's like one of the hugest escalations in my mind. I'm like, oh, so you did your job in a shitty way, 
and now you're going to call the cops on the person who you did it shitty to. Um, yeah, it's fun. Yo, somebody said this. It's, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. hundred percent. Right, right that is how they. That's customer service, and, right. it's, exactly, and that's because you're a customer of benefits you all of the time. Um, if you want to invest, excuse me. It's so true. Like it's funny because you about true it is. Street, you um, I'm gonna read you. A passage. Let's call it that. I'm going to read you a passage, and I want you to uh, determine for me who may have written or sort of spoken this passage. Um, and I'm going to read it as it's written. So you know, capitals and commas and exclamation points will be considered here in the reading. Um, it's very, it's very, very short. Um, it's very, it's, it's concise. <laughs> A real scandal is the one-sided coverage, hour by hour, of networks like NBC and spin machines like Saturday Night Live. It is all nothing less than unfair news coverage and dem commercials. Should be tested in courts? Can't be legal. Only defame and belittle? Collusion? The man is on one right now. Oh my god! <laughs> yo, yo, let's like, like, okay, for real, Trump is not poetic. Also, yes, this session is bad poetic. It's fucking one. Hold on, it's insanely paranoid delusional it's like delusions of grandeur it actually is extremely poetic if this shit wasn't if he didn't have uh power if this was all just a play if the if people who like believe in conspiracy theories are really just right and he really doesn't matter anyway and it's like some snake people who really want shit or whatever the fuck right he's and so he really is it doesn't matter then this nigga is so entertaining. He's, it is, and like, um, he's, he's Trump, tell me how he's Trump is. This nigga is Shakespearean in his fucking. Like, if these are his words, niggas is lacing him with the bars right now. Like, a real scandal is the one-sided coverage, hour by hour, of networks like and and Democrat spin machines like Saturday Night Live. It is all nothing less than unfair news coverage and dem commercials should be tested in courts. Can't be legal. Only defame and belittle collusion. Yo. <laughs> yeah. This now, yo, that yo, there's no a human being didn't write that. A computer wrote that. Yo, oh, dead yeah. ass. AI wrote that. The same shit, the same shit that be right in these, um, these, like these Twitter bots, these Russian, uh, Russian Twitter bots. He just, he just bought, of course, he bought access to the illest Russian Twitter bot, and that should be right in flame. That should be, that shit um, for him and Cardi B. This thing B. has like a top 40 billboard Twitter account. Um, I think the thing that always is like, uh, exceptionally like just fly and ill about Trump is that he's going to do what it takes to get a message out. So, like, I like it when anybody on any side of the thing gets their message out and they're just they're just wiling, but their language is like it hits you. Like no matter what they what you do, like their language will hit you. And one of the things I was talking about is how, how the reason why I know he'll be reelected it's because it's like no, they don't have anyone with bars like this to go up against him. And I, I likened it to, um, you know, like King of the Dot and all those battle channels on YouTube, where it's like basically like two stand-up comedians going up against each other because that's how battle rap is. Um, but yeah, it's like it's like that scene where you know there's no beats anymore in battle rap. It's just guys who kind of like put together like a whole I, I bunch do, of do, clever yeah. punchlines and sort of insults about you. And I'm like, yo, Trump is like one of the illest battle rappers of all time. Like, no, 
who has really been able to go up against Trump and swing with him and like counterpunch him? And I, and he's had a lot of Twitter yeah, battles yeah. and battles with some of the more famous people in our country. Like the only one who I think kind of hung with him was LeBron. I think he's the only one who kind of, cause he like knows how to use Twitter. Like he kept it short. He was like, this thing is a clown. Basically like he's just, He's just willing to be like, oh, this clown? Shut the fuck up, dog. Like, yeah. Yep. He just, right. he just, right. he just tagged right. him. He just kept on like, ta- and Trump would throw like these flurries that didn't really hit him. And he was, but he was getting tagged. This pain, this night. But yeah, it's, uh, I, I didn't, you, you, you definitely fucked up my morning with that. Uh, analysis because I hadn't really thought about that reality. Like I was just like, oh yeah, niggas, somebody will get it together and in, in you know whatever, whenever the fuck twenty twenty, and I'm like, exactly yeah, that. but exactly nah, that. that's not how it works. I know that that's not how it works. And what now works our election is, is a battle rap. It's like Barack had bars. Like he was, like, he was ducking yeah, on niggas. Like he, he already had bars, so he was ready. He was black thought in the spot. And then, like, you know, he yeah. there weren't really good contenders to go up against Black Dog at that time. And Trump is Eminem. You know what I mean? It's like, I have all the insults. Oh, shit. Yo, yeah. he did it. Damn, this thing Barack fucked it up, actually, yo. Because he showed Trump that he showed him the new blueprint. He showed him, like, it's the whole, the whole... You know, I'm I'm gonna be the president, but I'm gonna have a Facebook account and a Twitter. And Trump already had. He was like, "Oh, hold on, you can, I can capitalize <laughs> on that in the political scene, and it'll be taken seriously." Uh, I'm I'm uh, I'm Bizarro Superman. I'm Bizarro <laughs> Superman. Like all that oh, that you're man. using for altruism like, and shit uh, like that. Yeah, let me show you other thing is Let me show you how uh, much more powerful we're that trying to hold him to account, and we can't. You know what I mean? Like we're trying to like try to catch him and like all the things that he's very obviously doing and we can't. So I'm like, all right. Yeah. Oh, we're trying to hold him to him. We're trying to hold. Oh, really? We're trying to hold the guy who has benefited from the way America has been from its inception. We're going to hold this guy. He knows that's bullshit. He, he's like, oh, wh- oh, uh, white, white, uh, uh, white supremacy in this country, and the way we've exported that other places, and you know the relationship that <laughs> the Bush family had with uh, the Nazi eugenics, but like all that kind of shit. Uh, you're gonna, oh, we're gonna hold me accountable. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. Get the whole entire fuck out of here. What's going to happen is that people who don't like it are going to continue to not like it, and I'm going to say things that resonate with people who've always been from the And the great and part about his, well, it's just a, you know, this, effective this, like, part still, about what he's doing is like, like, he like kind of is, is like so. silencing all people. opposition. <laughs> like, there are people, the people who kind of like swing up and are able to like tag him, like LeBron, are. You know, they still haven't taken away any power from what he does. Um, it's almost it's almost just like them standing there, their defense. And that's it. That's kind of like. But then there are people who have also like lost things like Jamel Hill. She lost some power and status in going toe to toe with him and his base. And the thing about this SNL tweet is it kind of like threatens to do that to a major media outlet and a source of parody we've had in our history. Like it's and, and the fact that it's like. It's not like SNL can punch him up anymore. They're already yes, doing wow. skits about him yes, that yes, when they're yes, good, yeah. they spread around and like, you know, they have put that idea into the public consciousness. So they've already done what they can do. And he's like, should we look into shutting this down? And, and it's like, whoa, the fact that we, yeah, should be tested in courts. What it, what does te- what does testing mean? Thomas, Lauren Michaels, and the globalists. Like, <laughs> like what should be? He's tested? very um. Like, seriously, that's a broad ass statement. Like, 
what, is what the they do what like, is the test the first amendment my god that's sat- the test their right like, to satire there's no be test beyond the first amendment like, that's the test no, starts and ends nigga. with that one amendment <laughs> like, um i think it's <laughs> you know it's kind of troubling but i'm also just like that's why i've been on this wave on the podcast where i'm like yo it's, we either get a ticket with the rock and will smith and just really go at this nigga like you know and get really charismatic people who have a large following because that's what i think it comes down to i think you have to have a large following outside of the fact that you're in politics or some shit like that you have to just have a large following I think that's just what it has to be right now because he's changed the tone and tenor. I don't think it's going to, I don't think once you open that Pandora's box of Donald Trump being our fucking president, that you can just put everything back inside the box. And it's like, oh, well, we, you don't need a celebrity. It's like, oh, yeah, you want to try? You want to try not having a celebrity against this dude? Yo. He will. I'm 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 one hundred percent sure. Yo, yo, <laughs> what? what if this nigga wilds out and doesn't and runs for a third term? No. Of course not. And then and then after that he's like he's like he's like, yo, you know he doesn't give a fuck about that precedent. He's even funky. You know he does not for real, for real. Not because he's not a he's not a politician. He doesn't respect it in the way that every other politician does. Or, or, or at least has, has you, know, you know, played the theater up. He's like, nah, the, the, in this theater, it is about me. I've accepted that I'm in the time where I can get away with that. If I do it, nobody will care. They'll say, <laughs> I, they'll, they'll say I fine. Have no they'll doubt. say fine. Uh, you know, what if <laughs> you know, he's the only president? No doubt that that is more likely than most people want and to And America about. just turns into like Venezuela. no doubts about this. Like we, we're, we're trying to get 20 year old rappers from Bushwick put in jail for the rest of their lives while we have the oh, same president for 20 that, years. That would be, that would be. Oh, that's a great question. That's a great question. Are we allowed to be any? Are we allowed to be any what time in history? Like what? Okay. Because it's not necessarily. I think the reason why Russia. we're not those societies is because yes, part yeah, of their national I mean. identity Russia, is a little bit like of like this communism, Soviet socialism Russia, thing. So like, even though they don't operate it well and it's while corrupt, um, I don't think we'll be that in character. I think what we're going to see is I was at first going to go to the past and be like, oh, well, we will be like the fall of Rome. We'll be like post Rome post fall. But I think um, that's actually not going to be it. I think we're going to be like if I fast forward to the future, we're going to be on some Thunderdome shit. We're going to be on some like welcome to Thunderdome. Niggas running around with fucking automatic machine guns, like loaded up in a fucking desert apocalypse. Try not to get bucked and like eating eating scorpions for lunch and shit. Like it's gonna be some wild shit. It's not gonna be like, oh, you know, we had the tenets of civilization and a bicameral government holding us up. So that no, it's gonna be pure fucking chaos. <laughs> because they're running up, running up in libraries with some machine guns because they think there's food in the library. Because we'll be so poorly educated, we'll think there's food in the libraries. Yeah, cause I'm like, damn, son. I'm about, like maybe we can't be like Portugal. You know what I'm saying? Like we, we was, we was at one time we was real ballers, and then you know niggas just kind of started fucking up, and so they just go askew. It's not like they they don't go 100 percent off the rails. They just go. They just be like. They just be off doing some shit now. Where niggas is like, well, all right, all right. Well, yeah, I think it's cool. They, they, you know, they still they haven't fallen off the earth, but they just don't matter in the grand scheme of things. Yeah. And they used to really matter in the grand scheme of things. Um, but that yeah, that's kind of hopeful. Even or even some shit like Greece, right? Like not Rome, but Greece, and you know what? It's like I would just say became, that you just go, we almost match Greek culture in our laziness. So there is that factor. But so the thing that we have that I think is going to unravel a lot more, a lot quicker, is the violence. Like we have real violence 
and I'm not even talking about just like mass right. shootings. I just think we like live in like a pretty violent society and there's like just the freedom to be more violent than we are right now. So I'm like, okay, well, if that cracks, like uh, the purge, you know, like art imitates life. Like if, if that cracks, are we just the purge? And like some people have security and some don't, and some people have arms and some don't. I kind of think that's what it is, but um I don't know. Here's the thing. I don't, um, because, and maybe it's partly, yeah, it's partly because I have children. It's definitely partly because I have children. But I've always slightly, you, you've heard me say this before. Most people, I mean, is it because of civilization? I guess so, but it's, civilization doesn't proceed, uh, Compassion. Right. Compassion precedes civilization. It's an instinct to want to work together that creates all of the structures of working together. So yes, it is yes, we are informed by the fact that like now you know you are supposed to follow the rules, but the instinct to follow the rules precedes the rules themselves, right? So most people follow the rules. Most times when you when I go out and I drive my car, it's smooth sailing. Because most people are following driving rules. Because you know that. Because when people don't follow driving rules, fucking chaos ensues. Yeah. Very simple. If the traffic light stops working, and then we have to start doing that like weird, each person acts like it's a, a stop sign, and certain people don't follow the rules, it just makes... Everything goes off the fucking rails. Accidents are because people aren't following the rules. It creates chaos. And... As chaotic as things are, every day an, an amount of chaos happens, but relative to the amount of cooperation ha that happens, is small, right? So yeah. I maintain a amount of It was hope in 2003. It's like when we... Um, I remember major events like my this. girlfriend's at when we had so the blackout. I was, I was dating Daphne uh, in 2003, was. walking home to Brooklyn from Columbia. Okay. So... And I, I was hanging out with Chappelle and Aki that day in Lower Manhattan. And at first it was like, ha, 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 this is funny. And then when we found out, realized that it, it was like permanent. And like that, it was all the whole city and mass transit wasn't running and shit like that. Right. For a minute, I was like, and then, it and then the sun started to go down. I was like, oh, it's about to be wild. I was like, oh, it's a rat. Niggas going to act a whole way out here, a whole entire way. And then yeah, I went outside was, and people were being stupid friendly with each other. It's the most cooperative I've ever seen New York be. People were talking to people were talking to each other, walking over the bridge and shit like that. And, and I say that to remind myself that like, oh, when things are bad, it actually also intense. Yes, it intensifies people's instinct to do negative shit, but it also intensifies. I mean, people's I remember that to do day being. It depends on what uh, actually you, what really peaceful. And one of the things that uh, restaurants were doing because it was really hot. That's what caused the blackout. Like all these air conditioners are on. It just caused huge shortages. But I definitely remember um, people being really peaceful in the restaurants, like opening all the like sidewalk restaurants. Everybody was like eating outside because there was no air conditioning on the inside. And then some restaurants we passed were like offering free food to people or like offering a cold glass of water. Um, and yeah, most people, because of the that state of confusion thing, were like, um, I'm actually going to low key observe what's going on and try to keep order. Like I agree that our tendency is toward order for sure. Um, I also think that that's affected by the availability of resources. And so I think if there's any kind of uh, situation where the resources very quickly become scarce or, you know, because they're so pricey, you know, only the people who can afford them have them. And then there's a large, large number of people without resources. You know, I think that could change.
You know, like I think I think that kind of like peacefulness and that cooperative uh, ability of human beings that could that could change. Yes. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> now, so that's why I bring back the, the the theories of the countries because I don't. Now I'm not saying I don't think it's possible. I very much do think it's possible, and I think it's almost like we're arranging it, our kind, our economics, to be the first for this to happen. We're not the first. It's happened before. Yeah, it's happened before. It happened in Russia, where the what would why would our access to resources change so rapidly here? Because America, the whole point of this, the, the sprawl of being America and creating all these inroads in dominating resources and things like that is to make the barrier to changing that difficult. It would be difficult to stop America from having access to resources. We go into countries, like I know this through our experience with Trinidad, which is Trinidad realized that they had tons of natural gas, I think in the 60s or 70s. And they, because the, you know, the major drillers are in the US, Canada, and I think that there are some in the North Sea. And they had them all come and you know, do testing what would we need to do? And then, and when the U.S. came and they were like, okay, cool. Um, this is the situation. Uh, um, we, this is how we would set it up. And the split on from the resources would be, we take 90% and you get 10%. And Trinidad was like, excuse me? Why would you get 90% of a resource that exists here and we get 10? Like, how would that how would that even work? 50, what, why not 50-50? That's generous. 50-50 is generous. Um, and America said, oh, word, it is cool. Um, so what we're going to do is we're going to embargo you. And not only will we not drill there, nobody who we are an ally of can drill there. Because if they do, we'll embargo them. And so, again, it's like, how so many things would have to change for America not to have access to resources. Now the prices yeah, no could change, but like prices are t- partly determined. It's okay. By we're uh, we're so as pretty much at time. Lot of uh, hold, hold on, hold on a second. Oh yeah, there he is. What's yeah, up? Yeah. <laughs> What's up, Cairo? Good morning. All right. Uh, Signing off. This has been Neil Riggers Podcast, episode 10. Really appreciate everybody who tuned in. I'm with my two boys now. I got to do daddy duties. All right. I'm going to hit that. That XO. What happened to your foot? He's Cairo. All right. Later. All right, man. Yo. Yeah, man. It was good talking to you. I'll uh, talk to you next week. Say say peace. Say peace, Cairo. Peace. <laughs>